If you're feeling good, let me hear you sing, yeah. All right. Woke up with my purpose on my mind. Decided I ain't wasting no more time. I'm on my grind. Nothing's impossible with Jesus on my side. Now every day, I'll be out here walking by. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome back to Morning Inspirations. I hope everybody's feeling blessed on this beautiful, beautiful Wednesday morning that God has decided to bless us in. Let's go ahead and give him some praise right now, right where you're at. Just meditate on his word and how good he's been to you. Just thank him. Let him know that you love him right now. Heavenly Father, we come to you right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you for the very breath that you breathed into our bodies on this morning, Father God. We thank you for the gifts that you bestowed upon us today, Father God. We thank you for the ears to hear, Father God, our eyesight to see, Heavenly Father, every beating organ, every beating heart, and every working limb, Father God, are gifts from you, the Most High, and we just bless your name right now, Father God. We thank you, Father God, for keeping a hedge of protection around and about us, O oh Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank you for making our crooked path straight on this morning oh heavenly father we thank you for your promises father god to stand on our faith gather our strength father god and give you the glory father god heavenly father we know that you're able to do all things father god and we truly truly silently wait to hear from you father god heavenly father we thank you for the faith that you've given us, Father God, for the grace and the mercy, Father God, the grace, Father God, this everlasting, Father God, for your mercy, O Heavenly Father, for going before us and preparing a table in the midst of our enemies, O Heavenly Father. We thank you for anointing our heads with oil this day, Father God. We thank you for being our Father, Father God. We thank you, Father God, as you prepare us this day, Father God, for standing in the midst on our behalf, Father God, for letting favor surround us like a shield, O Heavenly Father. We thank you, Father God. We just bless your name this morning. Hallelujah to your name. You are worthy to be praised, Father God. We thank you for our nation's leaders, O Heavenly Father. We thank you for our bishops and our ministers and our evangelists, O Heavenly Father. Train them up in the way they should go, Father God. You have chosen them to be your vessels, O Father God. Let us be your rams in the bush, Father God. Let us have a kind word. Let us seek thee, the kingdom of heaven, first and let all things be added to us father god whatever it is in your will let it be done for our lives oh father god you said in your word that you wish upon all things that we shall prosper oh heavenly father and we thank you father god for this gift father god we thank you for giving your only begotten son that whosoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life we just give you glory we give you honor we give 
give you praise this morning, Father God, with every breath in our bodies, oh Heavenly Father. Let everyone that have breath say amen, amen. In the name of Jesus, Father God, we petition you this morning, Father God, on our behalf, Father God. We thank you in advance for all the things that you're about to do in our lives. Amen, amen, and amen. So guys, I hope you guys are feeling blessed on this beautiful, beautiful Wednesday morning that God has decided to bless us in. I am so excited to get into this word this morning. We're gonna do a quick recap of Exodus 32. I promised you guys on Monday that we were gonna go ahead and we were gonna see what the Matthew Henry had to say about Exodus 32. And we did a little bit of 33 too. So let's go ahead over, let's read first. Um, Exodus chapter 32 and 34, and it goes a little bit like this. Thus the Lord said to Moses, depart and go up from here, you and the people whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt to the land which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, saying to your descendants, I will give it. And I will send my angels before you and I will drive out the Canaanites, the Amorites, and the Hittites, and the Perizzites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Go up to the land flowing with milk and honey, for I will not go up in your midst, lest I consume you on the way. For you are stiff-necked people. And when people, and when the people heard this bad news, they murmured, and no one put on his garments. For the Lord had said to Moses, say to the children of Israel, you are stiff-necked people, stiff-necked people. I could come up into your midst in one moment and consume you. Now therefore take off your ornaments that I might know what to do to you. So the children of Israel stripped themselves of their ornaments by Mount Horeb. Moses took his tent and pitched it outside the camp, far from the camp, and called it the Tabernacle of Meeting. And it came to pass that everyone who sought the Lord uh, went out to the Tabernacle of the Meeting, which was outside the camp. It was whenever Moses went out to the tabernacle that all the people rose and each man stood at his tent door and watched Moses until he had gone into the tabernacle. And it came to pass when Moses entered the tabernacle that the pillar of cloud descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle and the Lord talked with Moses. All the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the tabernacle door, and all the people rose and worshiped, each man to his tent door. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as Moses speaks to his friend. And he would return to the camp, but his servant Joshua, son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. Then Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, Bring this people but you have not let me know whom will sin with me, whom you will sin with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name. You have also found grace in my sight. Now, therefore, I pray, if I have found grace in your sight, show me now the way that I may know you and I may find grace in your sight. And consider 
that this nation is your people. And he said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Then he said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. For how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight except you go with us? So we shall be separated, your people and I, from the people of whom are upon the face of the earth. So the Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing that you have spoken, for you have found grace in my sight, and I know you by name. And he said, Please show me your glory. Then he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be uh, precious to whom I, I will be precious. I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face, for no man shall see me and live. And the Lord said, here is a place by me, and you shall stand on the rock. So it shall be while my glory pass by that I will put you in the cliff of the rock and will cover you with my hand while I pass by. Then I will take away my hand and you shall see my back, but my face you will not see. So let's stop right there and let's recap 32 and 33 real quick. I made some notes from the Matthew Henry. So let's get into what my notes said. So, as you remember, Moses went into the midst of the fire on the mountain to talk with God. And while he was up there, um, the people convinced, or I would say in my own clever words, harassed Aaron to make them a god to worship, an idol. And Aaron being Aaron, you know, and I suppose in my little mind, I'm thinking, you know, he probably thought, you know, it's so many of them against me, you know, and back in those days, they were, um, they would stone you to death. So we don't know exactly why Avram went along with it, but my Matthew Henry tells me while Moses was receiving the law, the people were contriving to bring the law that they had already received on the 39th day of Day, they started to rebel. They broke out against God's law. And enlisting Aaron, who was entrusted to take care of them and the government in Moses' absence, they enlisted him to make them a God, as we already heard. Now, my Matthew Henry also tells me that the people were weary. They were hastened and the promise of the land of milk and honey. But it also tells me, note to self, we must first wait for God's law before we can catch his promises. They also tell me in my Matthew Henry that the people was also weary of waiting for Moses to return. 
return. So they were anxious. They was anxious to get to this land of milk and honey. And they was anxious for Moses to come off that mountaintop and to give them some more news from God. Now you guys got to remember, you know, Moses has been gone for a while. He's gone hours, sometimes days. And you know, my Matthew Henry also tells me that Joshua is always somewhere nearby when Moses is speaking with God. He's not necessarily in the presence, but my Matthew Henry also tells me that Joseph is a military man, so he's somewhere far off. He's somewhere close to Moses, but somewhere still keeping an eye on the people of Israel. <laughs> But it also tells me in my Matthew Henry that when they called on Aaron, uh, they were kind of dismissive of what Moses had had done for them. They called him this man called Moses. This man called Moses has brought us out of the land of Egypt. And we don't know of this man. So it says not realizing um, that Moses was tarrying long with God and God probably had a great deal to say to him concerning their welfare, the goodness for them. And my Matthew Henry also tells me, note to self, weariness is waiting. Weariness and waiting betrays us to a great deal of temptation. And I believe that when you're waiting on something from God, if you're waiting on an answer, if you're waiting for him to deliver you out of a situation and it takes months, it takes years, I'm right there with you guys. I've been waiting for God to do some amazing things in my life and I believe that he has already done some amazing things in my life. However, the things that I want, that he knows that's in my heart. He's taking some time to work those things out. And maybe it's not good for me anyway. Maybe it's not in his will for me. So my job is not to grow weary in due season. So I've got to continue to plant my seeds. Plant my seeds and let them multiply because he all he gives us all working hands. We he gives us all a heart, a beating heart. He says that his people is after his own heart, so he wants us to be after his heart. Our, we 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 serve a gracious, merciful, compassionate God that says he will never leave us or forsake us so we have to remember that and these people as much as he's brought them out and gave them promises of his of Isaac Abraham and Jacob excuse me he promised them the land of milk and honey he has showed them miracles signs and wonders he had brought them out of the hands of pharaoh brought them through the red sea he has sent diseases and plagues and all kinds of things to save these people and as we are today and i've said that before 
we will get so happy and excited about something that God is doing in our lives. And at that moment, we are just gun-ho. We are on fire. We are on fire. We're giving God all the praise and all the thanks. Even the sinner does it too. They want to pay honor to God for all the good things. But where your works count most is when you can't see God moving in your life. We know he's moving by faith. We know that he's moving. We know by faith that he has a plan for our lives, but we just can't see him moving. But we have to stand on that faith. And the people here, they lost sight of everything they saw God do for them, as well as they lost faith in God. And they did not acknowledge, it took them less than 24 hours, my Matthew Henry tells me, before they turned and tucked tail and decided that they needed something that they could see. And Aaron, my Matthew Henry tells me, does nothing to discourage them. Rather, he tells them to bring them, bring to him their earrings, the earrings of their women, children, and so forth. Now, my Matthew Henry also tells me that he makes this calf something similar to, it's something um, ordinary, it says. And it says he probably does this to humor them. And it also goes back to that note. You don't know what a bunch of people gonna do to you. Moses then disappeared into the mist with God. <laughs> so my Matthew Henry tells me that he probably made this calf something simple just to humor them, just to tie them over. It's almost like giving a small child a treat. You're not going to give them too much of it, but you're going to give them just enough to tie them over so you can get back to doing whatever it is you need to do. But it does note that Aaron does nothing to discourage them, rather tells them to bring the earrings. He also decides to honor the making of the calf with a feast and a altar. Now, God, in the midst, up there with Aaron, I mean, up there with Moses, beg my pardon, up there with Moses, he hears and he tells Moses exactly what the people are doing. But my Matthew Henry also tells me, note to self, remember the day before when Moses was telling them God's law and what they should and should not do and what they should do to honor them. The one thing that God said when he spoke in that mist of fire was, thou shalt not make thyself any graven images. And my Matthew Henry says the string thing about that is Aaron went on and made them a calf. He went on and made them a calf after being with Moses through all the things they had went through 
in Egypt. All the battles that they went up against with Pharaoh. Every miracle, sign, and wonder. Because you guys got to remember, my Matthew Henry does not tell me, but I remember this very well. In the beginning, God would tell Moses, tell Aaron to take your staff and do this and do that. Remember, God told Moses that Aaron, he would be like a God, an acting God to Aaron. Aaron would be his mouthpiece. If you guys don't remember me going over that in the beginning. But if you don't, go back and read it. I have to tell you, sometimes when I am in the word. I can bend and just read something and sometimes I have to go back and do a little bit of a refresher. So there's nothing wrong with having to do a little bit of refresher. But all this time that Aaron's been with Moses, you would think that he would not have let the people convince him to do such a thing by making a calf in which they could worship. So, God makes it known that the people are corrupt. He makes it known to Moses and tells Moses to go down to the camp that the people has corrupted themselves with sin. And God expresses his displeasure against Israel and sends Moses to them. Now, the righteous God not only sees what we do, but he sees who we are. Sin exposes us to God's wrath. This is what my Matthew Henry tells me, and this is what I know that I've read further in his word. God tells Moses to go and leave me alone, because he said he is gonna consume them with his wrath. And I don't know about y'all, but I don't wanna be consumed at any time with God being unpleased to me. However, because Jesus came and done everything that man could not do. We're up under that umbrella of grace and mercy because back in the time when these people was communing with God and doing all their offerings and, and all burnt offerings and making their sacrifices to God, they had a lot of laws to contend with. I encourage you guys to go back and read that section. I think it was 21 through 31 of all the different things that they had to do. And there's many, many more. But upon a little bit more research and talking to someone a little bit more seasoned than I am, we got into this conversation. And do you know that the Jews till this day have over 600 laws and commandments that they follow? Look it up for yourself. Never take anybody else's information as reporters always say only trust your information but let's move on so Moses note to self this is what my Matthew Henry says Moses um, intercedes on the behalf of Israel before he even gets down there he tells God look God you know you call them your people and, and they say, Moses calls God his God, pleading on the behalf of the people. 
the whom he brought from Egypt that were unworthy. And Moses asked God, and tells God pretty much, Moses says to God, what would the Egyptians think that you brought them out of Egypt, saved them, and now they in ruins? And it says in my Matthew Henry that Moses reminds God of his promise to give them Canaan. So God entrusts Moses to go down to the people, even though he's still hot, he's still burning mad, he entrusts them to go down to the people, and Moses has with him two tablets. Now when Moses gets down there, and my Matthew Henry tells me, note to self, like I told you guys earlier, Joshua, a military man, was never too far from Moses while Moses was with God. But when Moses gets down to the camp, he is fiery mad. It says he was hot like wax. That's mad, y'all. That is mad. And Moses melts the calf. He strains it, and he makes them drink it. He does this to show them that the calf is no god. The calf doesn't do anything magical. The calf has not done anything for them that the almighty God himself has already done. The calf is nothing for them to worship. But he also chastises Aaron. And he does this. He chastises Aaron the same way my Matthew Henry says that God did to Adam. Because he made Aaron, he made Aaron in charge while he was up visiting with God, getting all the wonderful things and information that God wanted to give to his people. Now, my Matthew Henry did not say this, but you guys remember a couple chapters back, God chastised Moses. And my Matthew Henry said it was because, even though Moses had not done anything wrong, because God had put Moses in leadership he chastised Moses in order to kind of put a little scoot up under Moses to go and chastise the people. <laughs> but my Matthew Henry tells me, as well as my Bible tells me, Aaron made excuses. Aaron made excuses about, you know, why he made the calf to the people. And it says, note to self, man can only tempt us to sin, not force us to sin. Aaron holds all fault to the people, not taking accountability as well. Then Moses goes on to judge the people, as we just read in chapter 33. Moses turns their dancing into trembling, my Matthew Henry tells me. Those who coerce Aaron into complying dare not look at Moses, my Matthew Henry tells me. The people were naked, so much so, not so much so because of their earrings for or the calf that they, they, that they, they had Aaron make. They were naked from their integrity. They had chosen a calf, a simple thing, and exposed their contempt. Now, Moses proposes that every, uh, every man be slayed slay every man, slay even his brother, meaning anyone that was involved. They got to go. However, 
The only film men found, my Matthew Henry tells me, were the men in the street still celebrating the idol, the calf. And those men were about 3,000, my Matthew Henry tells me. And they said that it probably was more. But the assumption is made that after they seen how mad Moses was and how Moses turned that calf into uh, strained it and made them drink it, they probably was in their tents praying. And this is what my Matthew Henry tells me. <laughs> so everybody that was excited about this calf, this idol, instead of honoring God, the same people that was talking against Moses, they were trembling, not dancing. Moses also returns back to God to make atonement for the people. And it tells me in my Matthew Henry, when he returned to God, uh, he reminded God of the words that God had already told him. God had already told, told him the people were down there sinning. But it says that, that he makes this plea to God for the people. He also asked God that if he won't turn his wrath against the people, then please blot him out of the book that he is right. But God refuses and informs him he will remember this great sin of the people, but he will send them into the land of milk and honey. He said, but he can't go. They cannot tarry in his sight, but he will have his angels lead the people. So as we just read, we just read and heard that, you know, Moses said, you know, you gotta go. You have to be in, in the presence of your people. If your presence does not go with us, then don't bring us up. So he's pleading with God for the people. God, if you don't come with us, then leave us where we're at. He said, well, how then will it be known that your people and I found grace in your sight? except if you go with us. Guys, remember that word grace. Grace, 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 grace. Grace and mercy, grace and mercy. God gives us grace on a daily break, daily basis. Under his grace, we wake up in the morning. Under his grace, we're able to function. Under his grace, we have clear mind. Under his grace, we're able to eat. We have food and clothes and our children. Under his grace, we have a hedge of protection around and about us. He shields us under his almighty shadow. That's the grace of God. We as the people got to remember God's grace and how he has mercy on us. They slaughtered over 3,000 men and that's because Moses was hot and he was faithful to God and what God had already instilled in him, the laws. So for the people to turn around and break it in a day, they slaughtered 3,000 men. Just think about it in our time. We sin on a daily basis with something we say, something we think, an act, and under God's grace and mercy. Jesus coming 
dying on that cross, raising up on the third day, delivering us, the people, from Satan. Everything has already been done. God has already defeated Satan. But Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. So anything he can put in our face, anything, I don't care whether it's losing your job, any obstacles, losing your house, money problems, finances, children problems, you know, even death of a loved one. Anything that Satan can put in your face to keep your mind off of God and God's grace and mercy, he will do it. But when God came up and rose on the third day, he had already defeated Satan on our behalf. We are already sitting at the table with the king. All he asked us to do was to go out and continue on his behalf in his name to win souls, to continue to win souls, to love thy neighbor, to keep fighting Satan, no matter what it looks like, to keep fighting him. But we can't do it right out the name of Jesus. We can't do anything in our name. We have to do it in the name of Jesus. When you pray, seal it in the name of Jesus because he sits on the right side of the Almighty and intercedes on our behalf. That is what my Bible tells me and that is what I believe with all my heart. Guys, that is my time this morning. You guys be blessed in every single thing you do on this Wednesday morning. Find you a word to hold on to. Find you a passage, write it down, put it on a slip of paper, keep it in your pocket. Find something to hold on to, to defeat Satan. And your girl gonna be doing the same thing. Your girl is gonna find her a word to keep with her today so that I can defeat Satan. Let no weapons form against me prosper. Because God said he wished above all things that we prosper and be in good health. And I believe him for that. He said anything that we ask in his name, so shall it be. I believe him for that too. He also says in his word, when two or three or more are gathered in my name, I am there so in the midst. So we got to remember that. Take some of that and hold on to it. Remember, he that dwells in the secret place shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say to him, you are my refuge. You are my fortress. You are my refuge. You are my fortress. Stand on his word today. And don't forget to head on over to our beautiful website, 12streettalkback.com. Look at our beautiful website. Turn a friend on, have them listen, then have them head on over to our hosting platform, Spotify. Follow your girl, 12th Street Talk Back. 
on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, any of your listening platforms, preferably Spotify. Then head on over to Bonfire, check out our cool t-shirts, pick you one up, and, you know, help your girl out this year. Help us out. Help us keep this train moving. But I'll tell you one thing. God be for me who can be against me. So I'm going to be moving anyway because I sit in the passenger seat and I let God drive. But your support is greatly appreciated. Y'all be blessed in everything you do today. And if it be in God's will, we'll see you right back here on Friday. Peace and blessings to you all.